Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. The joy of a visit. Who likes to get visitors? (laughs) Depends on how prepared you are. If the house is clean. How many of you have somewhere on that porch or front door some type of welcome sign? Just about all of us. And I really sometimes question, do we really mean it? Because the house isn't always cleaned. We're not always prepared. And they come when you're in the bathroom or shower. They come when you least expect it. And you don't have your hair done, your makeup's not on, and all these things. So we we put these signs out there, welcome, but we really don't always mean it. But yet... It gives us this warm, fuzzy feeling inside, don't it? We're we're welcoming people. But then we do have those family get-togethers and visits that are just so wonderful. They do touch the heart. They do uh, just make you feel warm and fuzzy, and you just wish that you could have that every day, all year long. So many adjectives could be used and described about what it means for a long-awaited visit, a family reunion that happens once a year, a family relatives that maybe just get together every so many years uh, for whatever reason, distance and time and uh, logistics, it just doesn't happen. But when, within those get-togethers, you catch up on all the news and events and life moments that have happened And there is those moments sometimes you do share the news that there is something in the oven. There's something to become. The family tree is going to grow. There's going to be a newborn baby. Now, you probably remember back in the day, your grandparents, I remember my grandparents, uh, you know, pregnancy was just shh, shh, shh. And I remember, I was probably 10 years old, and my my grandma talking to my parents saying, did you hear so-and-so is expecting? You know, didn't even want to use the word pregnancy, but, and, and I'm thinking, oh, they're going to have a baby. You know, it's like, come on, grandma. You know, we, we know, the, we know the, the code and language. You know, we, we, know the, we know the trip words. But how things have changed, you know. And those type of announcements and gatherings and, different things that take place now when a woman goes into the hospital to have that child. And you all have your own stories and uh, experiences, and we do as well. But here we read about Mary and Elizabeth. Tells us they're relatives. And I was wondering, how? how? Relatives how? How are they relatives? Mary, through her father, goes back to the descendant David, 
Elizabeth here is a descendant of Aaron. Scripture tells us that. So the family relationship for Elizabeth and Mary would have been through Mary's mother's side, making her also go back to be a, a descendant of Aaron. And I began to think about that. What an awesome tree. Awesome family tree. You begin, begin to look that you could get all the way back to Aaron. And who was his brother? Moses. And who was his sister? Miriam. And to know that their family tree goes clear back to that point and farther. And here, through this, John the Baptist, Jesus, related. And, they, and they're all the way related back to Moses and Aaron as well. And only God can make those type of things happen. Amen. You know God. God knows what he's doing and it's a purpose of his plan. We can't go back and find out all the family tree relations and branches and all the people on there. But we know God's in it. Just as he's in it today. And to think about John the Baptist, Jesus, being close in age, being related. And here we have Mary. Mary, she enters the house of Zacharias and and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth doesn't even see her, but it just says she hears. She hears Mary coming in the door and Mary saying, Hello, anybody home? Or whatever they said back then. And Mary hears it with her physical ears, but within her womb she feels what? She feels the baby leaps. So through her ears, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And through her ears and through the sound, the baby in the womb is filled with the Holy Spirit. And it leaps and jumps and kicks. What a special moment. What a special moment it is for uh, the mother to feel the baby begin to kick and move. And it's always fun to put my hand on Angie's stomach or my ear on her stomach at night when we lay down and they would just get so active. Wouldn't move all day, but you lay down at night and they would just go to town kicking and thumping and just saying, talking to them and saying, what are you kicking me for? You know, and those fun things that dads do and moms and dads get to experience and are blessed through that journey of pregnancy. There's this thought. Feeling, you know how you feel on that warm, fuzzy family get-together, right? But you think about this for a moment. That moment of that power and that presence of the Holy Spirit. Filling that home as Mary spoke, as Elizabeth heard, as the baby leaped in her womb. Six months along. So it's very active at six months. Holy Spirit, that presence and power. What a moment for God to work in that moment of that relationship. They were already already relatives, but I believe after this, they were closer in their family journey together. If you've had those family moments, your family coming together, gathering together, that warm and fuzzy, just soaking it all in, You're in the minority. Don't take it for granted. Don't think or expect that everyone has that. Because not everyone does, and there's a lot of that missing in our world today. 
Most families are not that excited to see each other. Most family has so many issues and brokenness and things they've said that they go years without coming back together. There's some that never do, that never come back together to be reunited, to have that moment of thanks and praise. Elizabeth gives thanks and praise for that moment. First to Mary, and she says, Blessed are you among women. Mary said that. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She says, Blessed are you among women. And then she goes on to say, Blessed is the child. You know, she's, she, she knows she's pregnant. It's her first pregnancy. But she's more focused on what Mary has. Knowing that Mary has something even greater and special. And she says, Blessed is the child. Third, she says, I am favored that the mother of my Lord should come. Elizabeth knew that she is blessed by the presence of Mary, the mother of her Lord. You can only say those type of things when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and with a spiritual understanding that God is at work. That God is at work in this. What a great joy, what a great visit that had to be. That entire visit. And for Elizabeth, I say it again. She said, I am favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me. To me, Elizabeth said, to me, He's came into the world for everyone. But Elizabeth being that first one to say, to come to me, because of this great joy, because of this wonderful visit, John the Baptist, within her, he leaps in her womb. Elizabeth, with this utmost confidence that Mary's child, Mary's child is the Messiah, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the long-awaited Messiah that had been promised for many years by the prophets is now in her home within the mother, Mary, in the womb, just conceived, just beginning. Elizabeth, filled with this unbelievable, amazing joy, Unbelievable event, unexpected pregnancy, but the Holy Spirit has, is at work. And Mary filled Elizabeth, filled the John the Baptist, surrounded them, filled that home. You know, this wasn't just some natural joy of family getting together and catching up on loose ends or the latest gossip of what's happening within the family dynamics. This was a supernatural moment of God in the Holy Spirit. God in the house. God at work. God at present. It's all God, always has been, always will be. And he wants that type of work to happen in your life and in your home and where you are and within you 
And that's why he sent Jesus to be Lord and Savior. Elizabeth, she was old. Mary, she was young. Both would have known the Old Testament history and the prophets preaching and teaching. And now they're even more connected than ever before. Zacharias and Elizabeth, Joseph and Mary, each having a new addition within their family. They both, each couple becoming now a husband and wife. They now officially are becoming families of their own. Zacharias and Elizabeth married for many years. Mary and Joseph, young people, not even married yet, but yet they find themselves on the brink of a family. No time for a honeymoon, no time for vacationing or getting away to be with each other because God had a bigger plan. God always has a bigger plan. God always has a greater plan. God always has more to do than what we can ever expect or anticipate. As it said in Isaiah 7:14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. Have you ever tried putting yourself in that position in the shoes of Mary or Joseph? How confusing, but yet how joyful. How exciting, but yet what a great responsibility. Our son, Emmanuel, God with us. What the prophets had talked about for all of those years, God had been silent for 400 years, but now all of a sudden, God's in the house. God's in Mary. Joseph, parents of God's one and only son. Luke 1.35 told us, So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of God. And as we put on our spiritual thinking caps and as we continue our journey through this season of Advent, as Christians, also as children of God, Jesus was born into this world, but he was not from this world. Jesus Christ is not the best human that ever lived. Jesus Christ is a being. Being. Who cannot? Who cannot be accounted for by the human race at all? Because he was a son of God. Jesus was not a man becoming God, but, man, but God incarnate. That means God coming into human flesh. God came into from the outside. From heaven, God came down. God was out here. Humans are here. God sent Jesus into Mary, into the world. This Advent, the birth of the highest and holiest, entering into the lowest, the lowest door brings such great joy. Brings unto the world a joy and peace and love and hope into a dark and ugly place. A dark and ugly world full of sinful lives, but ready to forgive each and every sin. 
so ready to forgive each and every sin, to bring cleansing and hope and love and peace and joy, for all to be forgiven, for all to experience a Christ moment. You know, at that very moment, when we expect, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is a new presence. There is a new presence in this earthly body, in our bodies, our bodies that are attached to many earthly things. The presence is new. It is the Spirit of God. A presence that changes and goes to work within us. Just as Christ was born into the world, I pray that Christ's birth would be within you. Apostle Paul talked about it in Galatians 4.19. My dear children, for whom I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. It pained him. It ached him. He struggled with seeing other people sin and other people reject God and walk away and, and not accept Christ as Lord and Savior. It pains him, he says. It should pain us as well. It should be some hurt in us when we see others reject Christ or walk away from the Lord, walk away from their spiritual journey. Paul did not want anyone to be without Christ. No, our Lord Jesus Christ came into the human history from the outside and he comes in. So he must come to you from the outside in. Have you allowed yourself, have you allowed your everyday life become what Oswald Chambers writes in his view of Christmas? If you ever read his devotionals, Oswald Chambers, he pleads and he encourages for all people to create a Bethlehem within them. Have you created that Bethlehem? Have you invited Christ into your heart? Is there a Bethlehem in your heart today? Does Christ reside there? Has he been born? Has he been raised? Is he growing? Are you growing spiritually? I pray that you have. If you haven't, you cannot enter the realm or the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Unless you are born from above. A birth totally unlike the natural birth. And Jesus tells us this. He tells us this, that ye must be born again. As believing Christians, this is not a command. This is a foundational fact of spiritual and physical life. You must be born again. And by doing so, you are yielding yourself completely to God so that Christ can be formed within you. John 3, 6 says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, gives birth to flesh but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. And the next verse, John 3, 7, ye must be born again. Jesus said that. He meant that. And he's going to stand by it till the very end. I hope that you will embrace it. I hope that it's a part of your life already. Read a little story. 
<clears throat> that dates back to February 10th, 1973. I don't have the location, but there were three men. They were sentenced to death, ex execution style, and for the public to watch. People gathered in a stadium. Death was in the atmosphere. But there was three ministers there, and they had been granted permission to go up and speak to the three men. The men were unloaded from a truck in handcuffs and feet that were chained together. The firing squad was in place and ready. One pastor was named Pastor Colin Chapman. He was wondering, what in the world should I say to these men when I walk over to them? How do I give them the gospel when they are doomed men who are probably still filled with hate? This is running through his mind and his heart, and he's wondering, saying, what, Lord? And as this pastor and the other two pastors, they approach the three men. They approach them from behind. But then all of a sudden, the three men, they turn around, and there their faces were. Their faces were lit up with a glowing radiance. And before any of the three pastors could ask or say one thing, the one man shouted out, Bishop, Bishop, thank you for coming today. The day I was arrested and thrown into the prison cell, I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart. He forgave me of my sins. Heaven is now open. And there is nothing between me and God. Would you please tell my wife and my children that I am going to heaven and ask them. Listen to this. He tells the bishop, the pastor, to ask them. Ask my wife, ask my children to accept Jesus too. The other two criminals had the same story. All three of them stood there and they faced the crowd that had gathered there in that stadium. With their hands cuffed, they raised their hands and began to wave. All three of them waving to the crowd and the crowd waved back. They waved back. The pastors went back, they got out of the way. And as these men waved to the crowd and as the crowd waved back, the shots were fired. But the men then were with Jesus. The hearts of the pastors were throbbing with joy while the tears still mingled down their cheeks. An unforgettable moment for everyone that was there. Because Jesus Christ was in the hearts of those men. Death, yes, the physical death was seen and felt, but the spiritual death was defeated. The spiritual death was avoided because of our Savior, Jesus lives. Thanks be to Jesus, amen. He's the one that helps us. He's the one that saves us. And I pray that you have that joy of the Lord down in your heart. And yes, I mean down in your heart like the old children's song. My kids make fun of me because I sing that around the house and I just say, Where's Jesus? And they look at me cross-eyed, down in my heart, down in your heart. So go home this week and 
Ask each other, you got Jesus down in your heart? But mean it. It's okay laugh and joke around about it, but mean it. Make sure it's real. Because it, it can be in a lot of places. You can have it on your laptop as a screensaver. You can have it on your cell phone with you know, inspirational one-minute reads. You can have it in posters. You can have it stickers. You can have it in billboards. But it has to be down in the heart. It has to get from here, from the brain. The brain's not good enough. It has to be down in the heart. You can have all this Bible trivia, and you can be the greatest Bible trivia, a boy or girl in the world. But if it's not down in the heart, you're not getting into heaven. So I invite you today, get it down in your heart. Might mean you got to get down on your knees too. You might mean that you need to come to this altar. It might mean that you got to get serious right where you sat in that comfy pew. Let us pray. Father God, Jesus, deep down in our hearts where you want to be. Deep down in our hearts is where you need to be. And I pray that for this church, this congregation, for the people that you want us to minister, to be awakened to that fact, to that foundational fact that you must be deep down in our heart. And everything else will be cleaned out. And you'll do the cleaning, you'll do the cleansing, and you will help us do the holy and righteous living. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Father God, our glory and honor, I turn back to thee now and forever and ever. Amen.